Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. I am so excited to be here today. This is Pensacola Business Radio X's sponsoring Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, and this is our show called Women in Leadership. And I'm so excited because we've got a great guest an amazing guest with us today, and I will be introducing her in just a moment. But before I do that, I did want to talk a little bit about the organization. Hopefully, those of you that are listening today have already are already familiar with our organization. But if you are not, I would love to just give you some information, some background of the organization and other ways that you can participate. We started Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast in 2004, quite by accident in as a result from a hurricane. So sometimes when things happen that are that are perceived as negative, I'm amazed at the positive things that come from them. And this organization is definitely a product of something that was perceived as something negative, and it was negative in our in our community. Hurricane Ivan left $26 billion worth of property damage in its wake. A lot of people lost homes, businesses, and had their lives just completely turned upside down. Fortunately, I was not one of them. I had minimal damage during the hurricane, but what it impacted was my ability to communicate with other business leaders, business owners, and possibly users of the products and services that I sold. At the time, I was a financial advisor. So anytime you are in a service-based business, you're always out there looking for new clients. And right after the hurricane, of course, nobody was focused on whether their life insurance was up to date or if they were investing appropriately. Really, they were focusing on rebuilding their life, making sure that the places that they lost or the property that was damaged got rebuilt in a proper way. It was very tough for me as an advisor to find new clients during that time. I relied heavily on networking. And even with networking, there were a lot of organizations that didn't operate after, during the recovery time. There were a lot of restaurants where we would normally hold networking meetings that no longer existed or weren't open because of power issues or, or lack of quality water and ice, different things like that. So I struggled to find ways to find new clients, but I still had to make a living as well. I was a commission-based advisor. So if I didn't find clients, I didn't make any money either. And quite by accident, I ran into two other women that were also in sales industries. And I asked them, what are you doing during this time? How are you staying motivated? And how are you getting out there and finding these potential clients? We decided to go to lunch that day. We met and I really didn't even know those women very well, but we had such an amazing, honest conversation that I left that day feeling empowered. I felt motivated and I felt like I could actually get back into business and do the things that I used to before. But those answers didn't come from me. Those answers came from the other women that attended that lunch. I didn't know what I was going to do for myself, but I absolutely knew what to tell the other women in the room, what to do if I were in their businesses. And, and honestly, they knew what to tell me. So the information that I gained didn't come from within me. It came from sharing in a collaborative, supportive, and appropriate environment for women to talk about business. We knew that day that 
we were going to walk outside that room and things were going to be back in the state that it was during the recovery. And we were going to lose some of that enthusiasm as soon as we left that room. So we whipped out our paper calendars. It was back in 2004. And we put on the calendar for the next month, another meeting. And we didn't even really call it a meeting. We just called it a lunch. We called it literally, we called it women's business lunch. We were that generic with titling this because we didn't realize it was something that would live on for a while. But the next month I was amazed because I had of course told half a dozen other women that I'd ran into during that time about this amazing experience. And the other two women that were in the room that day, they did the exact same thing. So the second time we got together, there were probably about 10 women there. And I was amazed that they were struggling with some of the same things that the three of us were struggling with the month before. And we did the same thing. We went around the room and we just motivated each other and we gave each other little tips about each other's businesses that were invaluable to help get us in that right place of mind to be able to be successful. Month three came around, same thing, a few more women, month four, month five, month six. That was 14 years ago. It's amazing to think back that that's how it started, but it really did. I thought after the hurricane was over and after all the blue roofs were gone from our community and all the power was back up and all the resources were back in our community, I thought there would be no need for this women's business lunch anymore. But I was surprised because the women kept coming and they kept saying, we still need this regardless of hurricane recovery. We still need an arena for women to come together and grow to celebrate successes to provide training and tools and to encourage collaboration and charitable giving. And that's our mission for, for the organization. Now we have changed the name formally to powerful women of the Gulf coast that actually happened in 2013. And now we actually run a full organization and we really, our mission is to promote advance and improve women in business. And it shocks me every single month when I find new women that need these types of opportunities and they appreciate what it is they're doing. So if you're one of those women in the audience today, we would love to invite you to take part in our organization. We still hold monthly networking meetings. We do them in Pensacola and then also in Gulf Breeze. You can find all of that information on our Facebook page or on our um, website as well. Facebook, we are Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. And on our website, we are PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com. We also do a few other things. We are in the in the process of, of bringing back our print magazine, which we've had going for a couple years and had to put it on hold for a little while. So we're bringing that back soon. We are also doing a conference, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. We hold leadership classes called Power Up. Those are going to be starting back up again in November. We do this monthly radio podcast show called Women in Leadership. We have Pay It Forward Leadership Book Program and we also have membership in our organization. So before I go into too much information about the conference, I do want to invite you. We've got an event coming up in two weeks called Goofy Golf, and it's our Goofy Golf Social. We are going to be at the First Tee, which is in Pensacola, Florida. If you've never been there, you need to check it out. The First Tee is an amazing 501c3 that helps children and young adults learn leadership skills through the game of golf. 
and we're going to go there and participate in their goofy golf and have fun. We're going to have drinks and food and, and play golf, hang out with powerful women, learn about our conference and just come and participate and get to know our organization. We do include men in a lot of our events. This is one of them that's open to men and women. We feel it's important for women to help support other women, but we also feel it's important for men to support women in business as well. So we would love to encourage you to come out. It's Wednesday, September 26th. It'll be from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Goofy Golf on West Navy Boulevard. You can find that information on our website. You can also find it on our Facebook page as well. And I do want to thank a couple of our sponsors that have already come in. DeLuna Wines will be there, and they will be offering all of their different varieties of wines to taste. Basket of Dreams is also another one of our sponsors. They are handling our door prizes for this event. We couldn't be more thankful for them as well. We've got food coming from Cactus Flower West. We also have an amazing um, array of desserts that are coming as well. And then also Firehouse Subs is bringing some of their offerings as well. Again, a thank you to the First Tee of Northwest Florida. We look forward to getting to know them better and learning more about their organization as well. Now I'm going to dive into a little bit of an educational topic. So I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about a book that Jack Canfield wrote called The Success Principles. That book was written in 2004, and it's been something that's been really valuable for me in my world. It's one of these books. It's a it's a very thick book, but it's one of these books that you can kind of flip through and just pick a chapter. They're really short chapters, but they're all really exciting and impactful. When I think about books that I've kept on my bookshelf for more than 10 years now, I really know that they're valuable content. This particular chapter talks about asking for feedback in your business. And we already know how important feedback is. Jack Canfield said feedback is the key to constant improvement and constant improvement is the key to being more referable. So if you're somebody in business and you're looking for more ways of getting referrals, think about constant improvement and think about feedback being invaluable in that process as well. Canfield's not alone. Many other business leaders have seen the importance in regular feedback. And feedback can be used to judge not only what you're doing well, but it can also look at opportunities for things that you can you can um, improve on and identify patterns in your business as well. When Jack Canfield talks about feedback, he says that most people will not voluntarily give you feedback. I've learned that as well. To get open and honest feedback, you have to ask for it. And he gives us some great questions to use. So that's what I'll go over in today's content. And he actually says in this chapter, if the only thing you get out of reading this book is the consistent use of these questions, it will have been worth your time and money that you've invested. Now, it's funny because it's a 470 page book. And this chapter is not the first one. This chapter is about halfway through the book. So I think it's funny that he's got a chapter that says, if this is the most important thing in this book, but you got to get through half the book to find it. But it is. I think it's one of the things that I go back and think about all the time. So are you curious about what the magical questions are that Jack Canfield talks about? 
I think they're really cool. Before that, I'm going to tell you a little short story about my husband, though. My husband spent 12 years in Colorado, and he lived in Denver. And then he had previously lived here in Pensacola, moved up to Denver, then moved back. I met him when he moved back. And when we were driving around together, I don't know why I was always the one that drove around when we were we were dating, but I was the driver, and he would direct me of where we were going. I am directionally challenged, I'll tell you that. And I don't mind using GPS, but if he's sitting in the car with me, I'm going to ask him which way I should turn or, or what should I should do at this next intersection. And the funny thing is we would get to a stop sign or get to a stoplight and he would say, go forward. And I would say, okay. And I'd, and I'd keep going or he'd say, turn right or turn left, but he never said, go straight. And I thought that was really interesting. I think, think back about it. And I want, I, and I, and I, I struggled with that. Go forward. Why would he keep saying go forward? And really, when I asked him about it, he laughed and he said, well, that's because in Colorado, there's no straight roads. You know, literally, if you're going to get to a to a stoplight or an intersection or somewhere going forward may not be straight. It may be turning to the right or it may be turning to the left. And I look back now at that story at how impactful that is about feedback. And I look at the word feedback and a lot of times that means you're looking at something and going backwards. But I never liked that because I liked always having having Im- having information that would help you move forward. So instead of calling it feedback, I always call it feed forward. For that exact same reason, instead of going backwards, we're moving forward through life. So just a little short story about kind of kind of why I think feedback is important. And when I do talk about it, a lot of times I call it feed forward. So now onto the magical question that, that Jack Canfield talks about that is the most important thing. If you get anything out of reading this book, this is it, these questions. And I think it's true. I think these are amazing questions. So let's say you're sitting down with a client or somebody that just purchased something that you offer, or maybe somebody that's, that's, that's utilizing a service that, that you help them purchase or, or did a transaction. What are some good questions that you could use to find out what is that feedback or that feed forward that you need to be better in the future? And the first question he asks is on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate the meeting we just had or the service you just bought or the relationship that we have, how would you rate that? And that's not the most magical question. That's an easy question. That should be the first question when you're asking for feedback is, is where are we at? But using a a scale of one to 10 really helps quantify exactly where you are in that scale. So let's say somebody gives you a seven, Anything less than a 10, then this is the most important question. And I think this is so valuable is he asks, okay, if you gave me a seven, what would it take for you to be at a 10? And that's the moment of clarity. That's the moment when they stop and you've already pleased them because if, if they've given you a seven, then you're, you've done good things, but asking them what it would take to get to a 10 and then listening for the response, I think is the most important part, because that's when you're going to get really honest and really helpful feedback. Now, you may get negative feedback as well. You know, if they're at a three, then they're probably going to take it's going to take a while to get to a 10. So that may be a little bit on the negative side, but that's also useful information as well. When you get negative feedback, take it in, readjust your approach, follow up, contact, do whatever it is that they said was something that that they were not pleased with or weren't as pleased as they would have liked to have been. Feedback is simply information. 
don't take it personally. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I have a hard time with taking, not taking things personally. Uh, Quint Studer recently talked about the, um, the book. And of course now the, the titles, uh, I'm forgetting, but I'll make sure it's in the show notes. But the second chapter is all about don't, don't take things personally. And I love that because I think so many times that is where I struggle is taking things personally. And I don't think I'm the only one. Uh, there are books read, written, lots of books written about that. So there's probably several of you listening in the audience today that struggle with that as well. However, Canfield gives us some great examples about how negative feedback is just feedback and it shouldn't limit your progress. He talks about the autopilot system in an airplane. And I never thought about this before reading his chapter, but the autopilot system constantly tells the pilot what they're doing wrong. If the plane's gone too high, if the plane's gone too low, if the plane's veering to the right or veering to the left, or it's moving too fast or it's moving too slow. All that feedback is not to tell the pilot that they're a bad pilot. All that feedback is really to improve the flight of the plane. The plane is, is designed to do a certain thing. And feedback is just helping the pilot guide them to being better about doing that thing. The same thing with our GPS system. You know, when we miss a turn, when we exceed the speed limit, when we are off route and it tells us constantly recalculating, we never think, oh my goodness, I can't take this negative feedback. I'm not going to drive anymore. We never do that. But even though it sounds ridiculous, that's exactly what we do in business when we take negative feedback and then we stop asking for that feedback. Or if we take that negative feedback and we feel like we're a failure or we feel like we just aren't there yet. Feedback is just feedback. The key is to not ignore the feedback, but to use it to improve your progress and to improve your process as well. Now, I will be honest, sometimes feedback is not helpful. So you can't take every piece of feedback as gospel. It's just information. Keep the valuable information and throw out the rest and decide what makes best sense in your world. Now, you can't take all negative feedback and say that it's all wrong, but you have to have some way of deciding what is true or what is important for you. And then let some of the other stuff go. So... Feedback is where valuable, critical, expensive information comes from, and especially the negative feedback. I've learned more from the things that I have really messed up on, much more than the things I've done well and could have just improved by a little bit. Knowing that somebody's happy, that's a customer of yours or a relationship that you've built or is utilizing a service is not enough. Knowing in detail what will keep them happy is exactly the keys you're going to need in order to repeat that process over and over and over again. You must intentionally and actively solicit feedback. Make it a habit to always ask for corrective feedback. Look for patterns. Be cognizant of those patterns. If you start getting a lot of people that keep saying the same thing, well, maybe that one thing is, is the thing you need to improve. You must be grateful for feedback that you receive. Don't get defensive. I had to practice this a lot, by just saying, thank you for caring enough to share that information with me. It was hard to say that, but I had it on an index card and I would say that every time I got something that was negative. Feedback is a gift and it will help you become 
more effective. So if you were moved by that information, that's just an example of some of the stuff that we talk about with Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast and some of the resources that we make available to women and men in business. This was a chapter called Do You Ask for Feedback in Your Business? And it was from Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles, written in 2004, but it's still available. And it's a great tool to use in your business. Now, I'm excited because I'm going to tell you about our upcoming conference, and that's a lead-in into our guest that's here today. So we have our conference coming up. It's going to be October 17th and 18th right here in Pensacola, Florida. Information is all over our website, and then we rolled out a new website called, uh, that's the address is www.pwconference.org that's specifically for the conference. So make sure to check that out. We are expecting 200 women to attend. We have lots of fun stuff going on, like an experience hall, which is a vendor hall that's done very differently than any other vendor hall that I've ever seen. You're going to have the opportunity to meet and network with amazing, passionate women. We are bringing in a national keynote speaker. This year it is Liz Jaswick. She is with um, she's with the Studer Group, and she is somebody that is phenomenal. I got to see her last year at Entrecon, and she is such a strong woman in business. She is going to talk about women in leadership and specifically about passionate leadership. She's going to explain some of the theories behind passionate leadership. She's going to give us some strategies on how to utilize passionate leadership correctly, and then she's also going to give us some insight in for how women lead versus how men lead as well. Check out her story. You can go to her website at www.lizjazz.com and that's L-I-Z-J-A-Z.com. Amazing, amazing speaker. And then we also have three, what we call PED Talk speakers. Those are shorter speaking times, but we pull local, amazing, a lot of times men and women. This year it's an all women uh platform. And I want to introduce those three speakers today. It is Captain Emily Elmore. She is a Air Force pilot stationed right here at NAS Pensacola. And in, in addition to her duties as an officer, she's also an author, a business owner, a management consultant, and a mother of two young toddlers. Her presentation is called Hit Like a Girl, Leading High Performance Teams to Pack a Punch. Talk about a, a, a strong woman in a male-dominated industry. We also have Kim McQueen. Kim is the co-founder of Innisfree Hotels, and she's a local philanthropist. She makes an impact right here in Pensacola through her leadership and organizations, such as the Independence for the Blind of Northwest Florida, Luna Fine Art Gallery, and Dixon School of Arts and Sciences. We're so excited to bring Kim in. And then our third speaker is my guest in the audience today, and that is Christy Tobias. She is an innovative healthcare consultant and a national speaker. She's got a background in human resources and people development, and she's mentored over 2,000 leaders and employees in areas as such as leadership development, mentoring programs, and speaking workshops. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I am so glad you're here. And I'm not going to give away your topic, but tell us a little bit about what your presentation is going to be at the conference. Sure. So for me, I'm all about talking about my journey and talking about what has brought me uh, to where I am. 
So uh, for a little bit of background that will lead up to my topic, you know, I've spent the past 15 years in healthcare administration, but I love how this podcast is called Women in Leadership because I'd say I've spent the past 33 years <laughs> as a woman in leadership. Absolutely. <laughs> my my parents will tell you I came out of the womb as a woman in leadership, uh, and so will my uh, three younger siblings. So uh, it's really important to me to bring not only my career and professional development growth and journey uh, to other women and men, but it's also important for me to bring my personal experiences and my personal life and the struggles that we go through to just survive our day to day um, and really infuse that into how we can be successful women in leadership and in this community. And so for me, that is a lot of what I'll be bringing to uh, the conference in October. Uh, I talk a lot about uh, something that a lot of people don't have a lot of knowledge on, which is PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and I won't give away um, all the details of, of what led me there, but I will tell you, we all go through some really traumatic events in our lives. And sometimes we don't give those events enough um, understanding and we don't talk enough about them. And I'm here to break down a lot of those barriers. Uh, I know that I have a lot of things that I've gone through that have led up to that PTSD that other people have gone through. And mm -hmm. I know that it's so important for us to be honest and vulnerable. And oftentimes society frowns on vulnerability. You know, it's kind of sometimes a, a dirty word, but vulnerability. Well, even yeah. with women too. Oh, absolutely. Especially with women. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because uh, as other tidbits into my background, I started competing in pageants when I was 14. And this, the post-traumatic stress disorder, my original diagnosis was when I was 20. And so I competed in pageants up until I was about 24, 25. And at that time, my platform, uh, which every pageant girl has a platform that they support sure. was HIV AIDS Oregon. It was HIV AIDS awareness. And it's because I'd spent a lot of time abroad working with that, um, that cause. And I'd spent a lot of time in my community, but I remember my mom approached me and she said, you need to talk about what you've really gone through and you need to talk about what you've dealt with from your journey with PTSD. And I wouldn't do it because it did make me vulnerable and I didn't want to talk about it. And I was in my twenties and I was like, no one in their twenties should have PTSD. And so as, yeah, no uh, kidding. It's, it's one of those things where you, you don't think about the fact that there are other people, whether they're in their twenties or thirties or forties that have gone through the same thing. And so when now ripe in my thirties, I was like, you know, it's time. And so I've spent probably the past five years really speaking about my platform on PTSD, um, and the journey and background behind it and where it came from. And, uh, I have to really credit my mother for really encouraging me to be vulnerable and to share that story and to share that journey. And oftentimes, whenever you have any type of trauma or anything that you've dealt with, I think what happens is we tend to shut ourselves off. Anyone that's dealt with any type of struggle, you shut yourself off because you tend to think you're the only person that's dealing with it. Absolutely. And a lot of what I'll bring to this stage in October and really what I bring to every type of speaking, consulting, anything I do in my life is the honesty that we have to own our journeys. And that is my topic. So own, O-W-N is all capital. And uh, you'll have to come to the conference to find out why. Mm -hmm. But owning your journey is all about really understanding who you are 
and who the people around you are and then how you guys are working together to really own this journey in life and own your development and own, you know, what you have to bring to the community and to the table. You know, so many times we don't think we think because we've gone through something because we've gone through a struggle that we're damaged or that we're not good enough to even talk about being a woman, much less a woman in leadership. Sure. And it's just not true. I know. How long have you been speaking professionally? <laughs> My mother will tell you since I was 14. Um, <laughs> well, pageants, that's yep. true. That's yeah. a big portion of pageants is, is speaking. And most people don't realize that. Like we have professional speaking coaches that you work with at the age of 14. I remember on stage, because that's the other part people forget about is you have an interview backstage, but you have an onstage interview, which contrary to popular belief, you have no idea what that question is going to be. Wow. And when I was 14, my very first onstage interview question was, what are your thoughts on the socialization of medicine in America? Oh my goodness. <laughs> At 14. Wow. And I remember, um, did you have a clue? I did. I did. Cause you study, like you study up on every type of current event. And ironically, because I was in school, I actually probably knew a lot more then than I do now, That's funny. <laughs> but I did. And I, I remember being able to speak on that, but because of your work in like the pageant world, you stay studied up basically on every current event, everything that's going on politically, you're encouraged to, you know, take a position. There's no wrong or right position, but to be educated and to be strong. And because of that, that really, focused, allowed me to focus on more of that speaking career. And so, yeah, I really have been speaking probably since I was 14. Um, when I joined, so I moved from North Carolina, um, about four and a half, five years ago to Pensacola to work for the Studer Group. Mm -hmm. And so when I worked with the Studer Group, they have a national speaking platform and mm -hmm. I was pegged as one of our national speakers. Nice. So I'd say probably since 2014 is when I've been officially speaking with an actual national speaking company. But prior to that, I've been speaking on platforms and stages of, you know, 10 people to thousands of people. Yeah. And I just... I, I love sharing my message and I love empowering people. You know, it's beyond just me. Like if I can see one person impacted or feeling like, you know what? I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can take on this day or I can take on this situation. Mm -hmm. Then I feel like I'm doing exactly what my purpose is in this world. Absolutely. And I look back at your life. I mean, I'm always shocked when you say you're in your thirties because your experience and your maturity. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm always in awe of you. How much do you think being thrown into the pageant world? I mean, obviously that made you grow up really quick, but did that also sometimes when you're thrown into something where you have to grow up quickly to, it creates more barriers on being vulnerable and being honest. Do you think that was some of it too? I do. I and I mean, don't share if this is what part of your your messages. Oh no. And this, you know, this is something that anyone that has had a chance to meet me or my family would definitely know. Um, I definitely think so. But I think the other part of it is, you know, I grew up in the South as a professional black woman mm -hmm. and my parents, both of them have their PhDs. One of my brothers has his PhD. My other brother plays for the Red Sox. My sister is a traveling ad admissions counselor. Like we are very accomplished people mm -hmm. in our family because we've had to be. We're very driven and we were driven to do more. We couldn't stay in that place where a lot of people try to put you, especially as a minority. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with that maturity level. We were taught very early on. My mother came from Jamaica. So immediately America was a completely different world for her. And that discrimination was something new. And so we were taught very early on, don't let others own how your journey should be. You should own it. Mm 
-hmm. And my dad came from the deep south in Miami, which a lot of people don't know about that area, but wasn't necessarily the best area, but he was determined to be successful. And he was, I think he got his PhD when he was like 26. Wow. And my brother too, like he got his when he was like 29. So it's, it's one of those things for us is that because we were pushed by our parents and not pushed to any certain direction, just pushed to be better and pushed to be more. We were more mature at a younger age because our eyes were opened, um, whether good or bad, you know, there were a lot of situations and scenarios that I wouldn't wish on anyone Mm -hmm. that we did have to deal with in a growing world that doesn't necessarily accept diversity. Sure. And doing that, I think for me is where that maturity comes. But honestly, it's also listening and understanding other people's journeys. My parents were counselors throughout my life. And so empathy is a huge thing in my family, empathy and compassion. And if we can just put ourselves in other people's shoes, I feel like a lot of people will open up their eyes and really grow a little more because you're mm-hmm. starting to see there are other people in this world besides you and right. they have a journey and a story to tell. So why not listen to theirs? Right. And as far as a story to tell, I will credit you. You've got an amazing story and amazing in both realms. I mean, amazingly positive, but amazingly, oh my God, I can't believe some of the things that you've endured. So even though it sounds like, you know, you've had such a glamorous growing up and a glamorous lifestyle, you've gone through some tough stuff. And I know you're going to, you're going to talk about some of that at the conference, aren't you? I am. Good, good. I, I cannot wait for our audience to hear that because you are such a great example of amazing drive and determination, but also amazing resilience. Thank you. I'm excited. And you know, I think we all can be there if you're not there already. And my goal for the conference is to, of course, showcase our powerful, wonderful women that will be there, Mm -hmm. but to really show and share you two can be just as strong and just as powerful as you want. You just got to own it. Absolutely. And I can't wait. Own stands for something. The O stands for something. The W and the N. We're not going to let everybody know what that is today, but you need to come to our conference. You need to get familiar with Christy Tobias. You need to hear her message. You are going to walk away. The attendees that are there that day, they're going to walk away changed. And I know it. And it's because of speakers like Christy. It's also speakers like Emily Elmore is going to blow everybody away. Kim McQueen's going to blow everybody away. And Liz Jaswick, if you've never seen her speak, oh my God, she told me that she was censored during EntreCon because (laughs) it was a male and a female audience, but she is going to come completely uncensored for us. So I can only imagine what this woman is going to say to us because I was blown away from her seeing her at EntreCon. So I've never seen you speak, Christy, and I can't, I'm, I'm so excited and I'm so happy. Thank you for taking part in, in our conference. Tell us why you chose to come on as one of our speakers. You know, I think what you're doing is powerful, Colleen. I believe in the powerful women of the Gulf Coast. I believe that it's something that we have needed for a very long time here. And especially coming after such a tragedy from Hurricane Ivan, mm-hmm. um, I believe power comes from tragedy. And I think this is the time. This is the time that we really need to stand up as women, especially in this community, mm-hmm. and really talk about the important issues and talk about the fact that, you know what, we've got this. And absolutely, I am beyond excited to be part of the powerful women of the Gulf Coast. That is so awesome. Well, we are going to go ahead and close out the show today. Christy, do you want to give any of our listeners contact information? Like, do you want to direct them to your personal website or anything that you want to share with the listeners? Don't 
you know, feel free to not give out your cell phone number, but <laughs> whatever you want to share for, for some of our listeners to get to know you a little bit before the conference. Absolutely. So please check out my website. It's www.fearlesslymadeyou.com. Um, it has a really great snapshots of me and my story. And then I do a blog post every week. Um, and then if you want to contact me, there's actually a contact me page on my website. Uh, so you can contact me via my personal email and I would just love to have a chance to get to know you. That is super cool. I cannot, I cannot wait. I'm just so excited. I'm the day could not come quicker for me. So if you're excited as well, the date is October 17th and the 18th. We've got a special event coming up on the 17th. It's going to be speed networking. So that is, that information is not yet on our website, but if you're interested in the regular conference stuff, please check out our website, pwconference.org, or you can go to powerfulwomengulfcoast.com and access the information. Right now, the registration rates are seven That will be changing on September 28th. And let me tell you, you will walk away feeling like you should have spent $100 or $200 at this conference because you are going to walk away motivated, excited, and inspired. Kind of like that day that we walked away right after Hurricane Ivan from just meeting with three of us and feeling like we could do this. We've got the skills. We've got the resources. We've got the connections. We, when we women come together, watch out crazy things, amazing things happen. So please come and join us at the conference. It'll be um, the full day conference is Thursday, October 18th. It is at Sanders Beach Community Center right here in Pensacola, Florida. And a big thank you to our sponsors, Penn Air Federal Credit Union, Cox Communications, the UPS store of Blue Angel Parkway, and Perdido Key Area Chamber of Commerce. Those are our title sponsors for this event. And if I didn't tell you already, we do this event in the, on the third week of October because the third week of October is nationally celebrated as Women's Business Week. This will be our sixth annual conference. And let me tell you, it's going to be the best one yet. I'm so excited. Check out our website. Check us out on Facebook. Come to our events. Come to our monthly meetings. uh, Come to our leadership classes and just get involved with powerful women of the Gulf Coast. We've got room for more women. So please come. And if you're a man out there and wants to support other powerful women, then we want to bring you in as well. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We will see you again in another month on Women in Leadership brought to you by Pensacola Business Radio X. Have a great day, everybody.